Broadcasting from USA Swimming's headquarters at the Carolyn Dirks Building in Colorado Springs, Colorado, it's time for Kickset. Join three-time Olympian Elizabeth Beisel and U.S. National Team Director of Performance Matt Barbini as they host members from the USA Swimming community, ranging from age group to Olympic levels of the sport. Welcome to the Kickset Podcast. My name is Matt Barbini. I'm the National Team Director of Performance at USA Swimming. Um, and as always, fresh off a plane from Hawaii is multiple-time Olympian and uh, newly inked Elizabeth Basel. Basel, how are you today? I'm great. Like you said, fresh off Hawaii, so I'm feeling great. I have my vitamin D dose. I'm in Rhode Island, which is like 12 degrees right now, so I'm not stoked about that, <laughs> but... That is okay because we have an amazing guest on today and she just like lights up every single room that she walks into. And I'm going to give Barbini the honors of basically talking for the next 10 minutes because this incredible woman's resume is that long. So Barbini, good luck. Thanks. I will try to be quick. I'm not the fastest talker in the world, but today we have a two-time Olympian Abby Weitzel with us, and that is not anywhere near the extent of her resume. Uh, just going backwards a little bit, I, I started in this job in 2012, and Abby made her first junior team in 2013. And I kind of feel like we came through the sport for like this last decade, kind of together. Um, like we, like I started in like a totally different position than I'm in now, um, and we kind of like came through together. I think our first biggest meet for both of us was the 2016 Olympics that we went to together. Like I, we've kind of checked a lot of boxes. To together along our, our careers, her as an athlete and me in the, in the swimming world. Um, so it's really cool to see where she's at now. Um, like I said, she kind of jumped onto the scene in 2013 on the junior team. Um, and then the very next year made the Pampac team, which is no joke to go from the junior team to the operation gold team, um, in 2014. Since then, she's been on every operation gold team we've had, um, including two Olympics, three worlds, two Pampacs, um, two WUGs and a couple of short course worlds, including the one that just took place a month ago, which where she was a captain and we'll talk about. Um, she's also a six-time NCAA champ. She's won a slew of medals at all of these competitions, is an absolute relay ace for us, um, and is one of the best freestylers we've ever had. And Basel, you had the opportunity to be Abby's teammate on multiple occasions. So tell us a little bit more from, from that side about Abby. Oh, I remember first trip with Abby, like you said, Barbini, it was 2014 Pampax and, and Abby back then was young and I'm actually not even that much older than Abby. Um, I have four years on Abby, but she, she was somebody that was so comfortable in her own skin right off the bat. Like I remember my first national team and I was this quiet introverted kid that like, didn't want to talk to anybody. And Abby came on and she was like, I was Barbini and Barbini's giving me a look, but when I was, you know, I've grew, I grew into myself. Abby didn't need to do that. She was already confident. Um, she's, she's just like a force to reckon with in the pool and out of the pool. She's confident. She's humble. She's just one of honestly my favorite people. And you just look at Abby Weitzel and you smile. Like she just has that aura about her and she obviously made Pampax in 2014 and has been on those eight consecutive teams since is only 25 now, which is hard to believe because when I first met her, she was obviously the rookie, like the young one. And now she's been a leader for many years and is a staple to American sprinting. Like she is the it girl. 
Um, and so to be able to kind of see her trajectory go that way, being her teammate and friend and now not teammate, but like somebody that cheers her all the time. <laughs> um, it's, it's just been really, really cool. And she adds so much chemistry to the team as a natural born leader. And Abby, we are just so happy to have you here with us today. Wow. I'm going to cry. You guys. <laughs> We appreciate you here, oh. Abby. You, you may have noticed. <laughs> you may have hey. noticed Abby sort of giggling in the background as we embarrassed her for the last few minutes there, which is oh, definitely going to be I'm the like... highlight of this podcast. But Abby, welcome. We're really glad to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I was like, I got the the invite, and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, how fun! <laughs> Just a little chat up. Yeah. So yeah, right, so... I'm so excited. Nice. All right. So I want to start, I want to go back a little ways for the first question. So we talked about how you, you made your first junior team in 2013, which I think you were 16 or so around that time. Tell us about sort of the years before that swimming, you know, like where, what was sort of like your development? Like, were you playing other sports? Were you kind of just focused on swimming? Did you have a moment or a race where you're like, Oh man, this is it. So kind of just like take us from when you started up to that point in the sport. Yeah, so I started swimming really late, actually, compared to other people. Um, I feel like I've, some people know, some people don't. I didn't start swimming. So I lived in Sacramento in Northern California, like growing up. I was born in SoCal, moved to NorCal when I was about six. And that's where I started swimming on a Parks and Rec team um, called the Elk Grove Piranhas. And I swam like three months out of the year, maybe when I was nine years old. I skipped my 10th year, swam when I was 11. And then when I was 12, we moved back to SoCal. So I remember I tried out a club team in Elk Grove um, for like two months, hated it, quit. Um, too much for me, hated Friday, Saturday practices, et cetera. Didn't want to go. Um, I didn't love swimming, to be honest. And then we moved to SoCal, back to SoCal. And the only option was club. There was no, we weren't living in a neighborhood with an HOA. We weren't doing any, like there was no like rec teams around. And for some reason I was like, yes, I still want to swim. So, um, I joined Canyons Aquatic Club in Santa Clarita, California. And still, I remember like, didn't love it. Didn't really ever want to go to Friday, Saturday practices, practices, et cetera. And then one time my coach made me start coming. And I started to kind of get better. I used to be a breaststroker back then. So I remember almost getting my like, um, first junior national cut in the hunter breaststroke. Um, never touched that time ever again in my life, by the way. Um, but like I used to do it and then I just kind of like my career started, I started getting faster. Like I still wasn't fast yet, but like, you know, I started to get junior national cuts. And then I remember at, I think it was 2011 or 2011 long course it was in palo alto nationals or something like that or junior nationals i got my first olympic trials cut and that's when i went to 2012 trials and obviously nowhere near making the team i think i was like 50th or something like that but you know i got to go and experience it and it was super fun i was with my club team and i was like wow that would be really i wonder what it's like to be that fast like i wonder what it's like to like make the olympic team like i don't know what that's like and i probably won't ever know but like that would be really cool and then um, in 2013, um, I, so I got a new coach, um, I think at the end of 2012, I believe, and, or at the beginning of 2013, I don't even remember. I got a new coach, Coley Stickles, and um, I just started getting faster. You know, like I just, um, I just started succeeding. I really started to put an effort into swimming and really find out that I actually liked it. 
And then I started like, I made the junior national team and I was like, Whoa, that was cool. Like I made it in the 50 free and I might've spent a hundred free there. I think I got like six maybe. Um, but I remember that meet at, it was in Irvine at junior nationals and I didn't really do good in my hundred. And then I was like, okay, like it's time, like the 53, like, this is what it's like, this is my chance. And then I made it. And that was a huge stepping stone for me being like, wow, like I could, I'm good at swimming. Like I could, I could do really well. And then, you know, it just kind of snowballed. And I always like to describe my career as going like in an upward trajectory. Um, and the 2014 national team and then it just kind of kept going you know and Faisal said like I was on the team in 2014 and I I'm not sure if I was comfortable in my skin as you remember me being <laughs> but I remember like it was so cool to be around like super fast people like be on team USA like I was on the four free relay at 2014 and I was like this is crazy like I was on a relay with like Missy and like I was like this is like who am I? Like, I don't know. Like, this is really cool though. And then in 2014 was when I broke my first American record short course. And I was like, Whoa, okay. I actually have a chance of making like the Olympic team. Like this is kind of cool. And that's when I kind of, it was like, wow. Okay. I am a person who could like do this. So I think 2013, 2014 was a really big turning point for me in my confidence and like my realization that like, okay, swimming's what I want to do and I can do it. And also it's just super fun and cool. And I get to be around all these awesome people. And Vizel's literally been someone I looked up to like ever since I've met her. She's just like, (laughs) 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 and so it's been so fun to just meet all these people. And I think that's definitely, I'm going off track, but yeah, that's how I kind of got into my swimming and like got into me being like, able to do what I've done. Yeah. I I think your story is very relatable. And, you know, I, I tread lightly when I say that because being an Olympian is hard and it's not that relatable because only a handful of us become Olympians, but for you, like you started late, like you, and then you made, you broke an American (laughs) record, like a couple of years later. And then all of a sudden you blinked (laughs) and you're like on the Olympic team and you talk about the people that you were on those teams with, like, can you kind of dive into how you looked up to those people and then you became those people and kind of the metamorphosis of Abby throughout her career and, you know, where you started in 2014 on that Pampac team where you say you weren't necessarily the most comfortable in your skin. I remember you were, but now you are a true leader. Like you are now heading on to your potentially ninth consecutive like real national a team um just like talk about how you've become that natural born leader and how that has really happened for you I think that it's definitely still so there's two parts to this there's the natural born leader where my mom will tell you since day one if I want something it's known like I will go for it if I I'm a very um uh I guess you could say sporadic kind of person where like, it's like, Oh, I, I like this. I'm, I'm going to do it now. And then like, like, I kind of like, am like, this is what I like. I'm doing it. This is what I like. I'm doing it. Like I'm going to just do it. And so I think that's like my natural born leader kind of like personality, whereas like, I'm a very outgoing, loud person. It, that's very known. And I'm also like a very strong opinionated person. And so I'll kind of just like, that's just, I feel like the traits of someone being like, the presence. And I feel like I 
it's a blessing and a curse sometimes, but I feel like it's just who I am. And like, it's known that I have like, it's going into like college swimming and like being a captain there. And it's like, if something's, if I see something, I'm going to say something like if something's wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to like, you know, be like, what are you doing? And so I think that's just kind of like my personality. And, um, I think that's, that, that's that part to it is where that's just kind of carried me through swimming. And, you know, when I got onto the national team in 2014 and, you know, 2015, I wasn't super comfortable, you know, there were people who were experienced and, you know, had been there and obviously are better leaders for this situation than I was at the time. And, I respected that. Like, I was like looking to them, like, what do we do? I don't even know. Like, okay, black caps at night. Like, what do we do? Like, I don't know. Like, um, and so I'm like, really, it was really cool to be like, literally I'm on a relay with this person and I'm following their lead. Like I get to like Mm -hmm. sit back and kind of watch how people interact and like, kind of like mingle my way in and like, hi, I'm like 16 year old Abby, like, hello. Like, (laughs) and so it's definitely like, it was different. And I think, um, as I've gotten more comfortable, you know, more experience, you know, knowing people for longer, you know, you, I've gone through the cycle. I've been on teams with people who are now, you know, retired from swimming. And now there's like new fresh faces, you know, the, the, over the years you get more comfortable, you know, kind of taking over the leading role and being like, okay, I've been in your shoes. And now you're kind of looking to me to kind of guide you through this. And that's totally fine. Like I've been there and I'm willing, like, I'll help you. Like, let's do it together. Like, we're all fast here. We're all here together. And like, let's, let's do it. And so I think I've just become more comfortable in that role. Just, you know, going through the motions, you know, you kind of just wait out your time, you, you learn more, you experience more, and then it kind of becomes, you know, you take over. And I feel very lucky. I mean, yeah, I'm going for my ninth team. Like that's insane. Like I, I remember thinking after 2016, I don't think I ever really felt like a veteran until maybe like 2019 like 2020 maybe and I was like okay like yeah I've been to an Olympics in like 2016 2017 I was like yeah I've been to an Olympics but I don't feel like a veteran like I think it was only like these past couple years I've been like okay like just making my second Olympic team I was like okay now I'm a veteran like now you can call me a veteran like I think like I don't know why it just like I think people were still around that had been around longer than me and now it's kind of like fleshing out and not in a bad way at all just like there's new faces coming up and like it's just crazy. And I think it's just been a super cool to even like, I feel like being the captain of the short course worlds team this past December was like, Oh, like this, this is really cool. Like I thought it was really cool. And like kind of an honor, like I've never been a captain of a U.S. team before. Like it's, I've had like the steps like stepping up and it's really, it was really cool, you know? And I like, was really honored. I mean, it was that people like saw me as a leader and it was like a cool moment for me to be like, Oh, I am the veteran. And like people are looking to me to, for what to do, like at this meet, you know? So I think, like I said, just like the snowball effect of kind of experiencing and learning and all of that is like kind of just how it's me becoming more comfortable, you know? You, you know, you, you kind of referred to this, but you've kind of come into, or you came into USA swimming and the national team at a kind of a crazy time for women's freestyle and you're sort of straddling eras between the <laughs> what's going on, you know, like, so you come in and there's Missy and there's Dana, Leah, Neil, Margot gear, like a really, really good crop. And then it's like, you're sort of contemporaries with 
Simone and Katie Mallory, like some of the, the greatest that we've ever seen, including the greatest we've ever seen. And then you've got the, the next generation sort of coming behind you now with Claire Curzon, Tori Huss, Gretchen Walsh, like there you're, you've seen sort of the evolution of women's freestyle. Like what's it like to sort of be a part of this incredible era in the, in the event that you specialize in the most? It's scary sometimes. <laughs> um, no, it's really cool, actually. Um, I mean, sprinting is, someone said this to me this morning. It was really cool. Someone was like, sprinting is an art. And I'm like, you're right. It's really cool. So to see just like being in like some of the closest races that there are, although some of the miles are like, you never know. Um, but like being in some of the closest races, like for consistency, um, you know, to the touch, off the start, anything. Um, it's one, it's scary because never know and anyone in the heat could take that like you're like diving in and you're like yeah I'm the favorite here but like all it takes is like literally a touch um so it's definitely a scary thing but it's really cool to see like to be able to like look back and be like um Dana was on the, the 2016 for free relay like you have in 2014 like I raced Natalie like in the final at um uh, nationals like to make the spot like I've been through like many different like you said generations kind of um or people through the sprinting events and it's really cool to see like people either like stay with it and like are successful through it or you know like come in and like have an amazing year and then like we see someone else you know like I said the sprinting events are so close that like you could see someone for one year and then see a new face or like it's just, it's so different, but it's so cool because I feel like, you know, people talk about like fresh jokers or freestylers having different personalities. And it's like kind of funny because you're in the ready room for a certain event and you kind of know what, what event you're in the ready room for, right? But like, you're like, you're like, yeah. oh, this is a sprint. This is a, we're in the 50 freestyle room right now. Or like, oh, we're in the 4am room right now. Like yeah. I've obviously never been in the 4am room. <laughs> but Abby, you don't want to be girl. <laughs> I don't, I don't think. And I don't want to be in the 50 freestyle that. one. I don't want to be in the 50 freestyle. Some of, side note, some of the races, like, okay, at the Olympics in 2021, the women's 50 freestyle goes after the men's 50 freestyle. And oh, so God. I'm sitting in the ready room, all the boys about to swim this 50 freestyle. And I'm not even kidding you. I'm like, someone's going to like murder me in here. Like, it's like, <laughs> there's just so much testosterone in there. It's insane. Like, is it, like, okay. So is the women's ready room that tense as well? Not as tense as the boys because okay. I actually got there too early because I was like, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm anxious. Yeah. Um, so I was sitting there, like, obviously not trying to bug anyone. Like, Caleb was in there. Like, not trying to bug anyone. Like, just a little wave and then just kind of observing. And there's just so much testosterone going on in there. Like, like slaps on their chest and, like, jumping and, like, oh, oh like, all through. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I'm like sitting in the corner in the bag like I'm gonna like oh my god someone's gonna like hit me on accident in here but no the women's 50 freestyle like people are chatty you know there's like the couple quiet ones there's the couple chatty ones I'm a chatty one um as long as I know someone um and then there's like the couple people who are pretty intense so it's a little bit of a mix it's never like oh my gosh um but definitely like topic you can it's kind of fun like seeing people's personalities come out like people who have been around like like me like I was kind of more quieter like 
wasn't a talker in the ready room like used to kind of be like very intense and now I'm like I'd rather not think about my race until I walk out like I'd rather just be like like hey like kind of like lighthearted until I like get behind the blocks you know and so it's definitely cool to see people's like kind of evolution through and even like even people who are like new like Claire or Tori like them even the past like two meets I've been with them like I was at the Olympics and I was at short force worlds and like to see them like even like grow into a new kind of style just like through the two meets being more comfortable and knowing how it's going to work you know like it's it's really cool to see people you know go through that and like be like I was there too but like also like I know what you're feeling because I literally said the same thing so um it's it's definitely interesting and really fun and um, like I said, a little scary because you never know out there. <laughs> you never know, especially with 50 freestyle. Um, you, know, you just I, don't know. <laughs> you, you never know. Um, speaking of 50 freestyle and just racing people and knowing people's personalities and being friends with everybody, which I feel like most swimmers are, you know, you're always a competitor when you get up behind the block, but at the end of the race, everybody really is friends. Like there's just that mutual respect that swimmers have for other swimmers and, Abby, I think you are the epitome of that. Like watching you at Olympic trials reacting after Katie McLaughlin's Turner Free, Simone Manuel's 50 Free. Like, I think you were more excited for Simone than you were yourself. But that is, that is so, you're, no, I, and I know that's, that's why like you are so special. You're a treasure. Can you kind of talk about the relationships that you make throughout this sport, even when it, you know, you have become such close friends with your best competitors. Yeah, I think it's definitely hard. Um, you know, it's, we put our whole life into training for something and you're either, you know, it's different when I have Katie who I, who I train with, um, who were like super close friends, obviously like, you know, seeing her, like I was like, mean me and Plain were like more nervous for her. I like get more nervous for other people's races than my own. And I feel like that's very common, but I was like, I always feel like I was going to throw up during her race. Um, but I was like, it's definitely like, that's like a very personal excitement, you know, like obviously just like, and you, you shed blood, sweat and tears with a person through training and, and anything you get to know that person super well. And all you want for them is to succeed, you know? And then there's like the people like Simone to me, where it's like, we're not super close. Like we don't talk on the regular. We don't, you know, we're not like, we don't live near each other. Um, well, theoretically, relatively, um, we don't, we don't live same near state, each other. you know, it's a, yeah, yeah. same state, yeah. but, uh, you know, same Bay area, but yeah, honestly, it's pretty far away anyways. Um, but then you like, you've been through so much with them. Like I've been on a team with her for nine years now and so you get to know them and you race them and you you go through hardships where it's like I've struggled in racing when she succeeded and she struggled in racing when I succeeded and so you've been through like that connection with a person where it's like I literally raced the 53 with her for nine years in a row like I've been on it so it's like you you're in that with that person at the most intense meets of your life so it's like you create a different connection with that person than like a everyday personal one and I think um, it's hard to be like, you know, like I said, when you train your whole life and like years and years and years to like make a team or like do a certain race, when you have a competitor next to you who's doing the same thing, of course, you're trying to beat each other. So it's definitely like, you know, on the U.S. team together, it's like a different 
atmosphere than when you're at trials together because you're like I really want to beat you but then you're like oh we're on the same team over here you know what I mean so it's definitely Mm -hmm. a different dynamic but you know I never want to see someone fail like that's just like no one wants that like you see Simone was struggling with her like just life in general and like she was going through it and she was going through a hard time and so and to not make the 100 free I was there in 2017. I didn't make the 100 free. I was in the B final. I was devastated. And obviously it's not the same as Olympic trials, but like, I was like, I, I know how it feels to like miss out. And like, that's just like, I can't even imagine like all the pressure on our shoulders to like not succeed in that. And just like have the media and everything just on top of you about it. And I'm like this poor girl, like, I can't even imagine what she's going through right now. So like to see her succeed and like actually like, you know, bring it out of herself and make it in the 50. I was just like, like good, like good for you. Like you deserve, like good for anyone in that heat that would have made it. But like, it was something like I have that, like we've done it together for nine years. So it was like, again, we get to do it again together, you know? So it's definitely like, it was very, like, I was very happy for her to like be able to, to pull through and do something like that she would be proud of, you know? So it's definitely like you make those connections through swimming, which are lifelong connections. Um, and it's just incredible how many people you meet along the way. I mean, you can attest to that, like lifelong friends you meet from across the world um, that swimming brings together. So um, it's definitely an interesting dynamic sometimes based on what you swim and who you swim it with. But at the end of the day, it's swimming and it's going to end. And it's about learning to, you know, accept the what you've done and take the friendships with you because that's obviously as cheesy as that sound that's what's going to last um and so that's definitely the way that I've looked at my swimming and learned and learned I didn't I didn't even notice that like I didn't know that before you know that's part of the the learning process and experience that I've gotten is to learn that about it so you you talked about the community here and something as a 50 and 100 freestyler that sort of is a part of your role in the sport and your trajectory that's pretty unique to people that swim those events is relays. And so you've been mm-hmm. on relays with a lot of those people that you referred to. So not just competitors, but also teammates. And you've kind of become, you know, a, a staple of US relays. Like what's how do you think about representing the US in a relay? Is it different than an individual event? And does it does it make you think about those competitions that you have with those people that you were just talking about differently because you guys do come together to share a team? Um, a couple times during a meet. Yeah, I realize they're the best. They're they're like my favorite thing in the world. Like if I can be in the ready room with humans that are on my team and like be just like kind of like calming each other down and also hyping each other up and like those are the memories that like you can't explain that you just remember forever. Like I remember specifically, okay, the four medley relay. I didn't have a good 50 free right before it and I was devastated. Like my semi time would have meddled and I just didn't have a good race. I overthought it. I got eighth was like, what got out immediately, like walked to the warm down or actually I walked to the dive. Well, um, that was our plan and started warming down. I remember the team manager. I was like, I need, I need Terry. Like you need to get Terry down here now. <laughs> and Terry was up in the stands with the other coaches. So Terry comes down and she's just like, you know, coach to, coach to athlete like being a coach real fast and then um she's like you know what it's over you can't you can't change that like we you have a job to do coming up in five minutes like it you can dwell on it or you can get up and do what we need you to do 
And I'm like, all right. So I get out of the warm down pool. I go straight from there, like right there into the ready room where the rest of my teammates are already there for the medley relay. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I took a minute. They all knew, like I walked in and they were like, Hey, like, like, it's okay. You're good. And I'm like, okay, you're right. You know, it's, there's just a bond that happens like in the ready room. And then where I'm like, okay, I need to let go of whatever that was. So then I just like switch a flip and I'm like, all right guys, like we're going like, let's go. And so then it's just like a, it's like a moment you have like with team USA relays, like there's a moment that you have before you walk out. And it's kind of just like everyone's hearts racing. Like you're all standing there holding hands because you, we always do the, the hand thing when you walk out. And everyone's kind of like, we know sometimes we'll do like the squeeze the hand down the line thing. You know, you feel like you feel a squeeze, you squeeze. And um, so everyone's hearts racing and you kind of just like have that moment where you all are just kind of like, like taking a breath, looking at each other, like, all right, we got like, come on, we're going to do it. And so there's just like a special moment to be able to walk out with people. And also like behind the blocks, like three other girls or two other guys and one other girl or whatever it is now that there's next three guys so three other people behind the blocks it's like I can't mess up I can't like I need to do my absolute best like I need to figure this out before these three other people like it's not just an event for me right now like I am up here like for these people and like it's just a different feeling and I feel like it's also just fun um but it's definitely different than an individual and I think there's less overthinking, at least in my head, I feel like there's less overthinking going on where it's like, I need to do this, start, turn, like whatever. And it's more of like, just race. Like you have to be in front for the people coming after you or like, you have to like catch up or you have to do this. Like you have no choice, like you're going. And so it's definitely like a different vibe, at least for me, that's what I struggle with is like, struggle with is like overthinking my races. And so definitely different on a relay where I'm just like, all right, got to go like time to go. (laughs) No, just race. Like, here we go. So um, that's definitely what's different for me and what I love about it. Yeah. Abby, you mentioned Terry and I, I just want you to touch on the incredible coach woman person that she is and your relationship with her and how she has taken kind of the base that Coley set up for you in club swimming and just built upon that. And, you know, your relationship with her as an athlete, but also like a friend and somebody that you look to, to calm you down before moments like you just talked about, you know, after 50 free that could potentially get into your head, but you know, you have to kind of switch that off and go on to another relay. Can you just like, oh, Terry, she's the best. My heart, my heart, Terry. Um, I don't even know how to begin to explain Terry and like how she's like made me the athlete I am today like like obviously now I'm off the team but me and Terry have always had a really strong relationship you know freshman year of college heads like not in a super bad way but like I came in with like an idea of what I was supposed to do and she like wanted me to have an open mind and I was like no and like (laughs) we kind of butted heads (laughs) but that's um, every freshman ever by the way but I was like me being me very like determined and strong willed being like, no, it's I like, this is the right way. Like, I know this works. You know what I mean? And I think part of that was definitely the reason that I struggled freshman and sophomore year of college was that I was like, just in my head and like, not like accepting like new training and all of this. Um, But I think especially over the four years of college, our relationship obviously grew stronger. It was that's natural. Um, but I think like, especially 
this last two years, like being off the team, like Terry, I could tell Terry anything. Like I love just chatting up with Terry. Like I, like I and be like, guess what? <laughs> guess what? <laughs> um, so I definitely like, we have a really good relationship, just like a friendship, but also like, I trust her with my swimming because she taught me and like helped me grow as an athlete out of just the athlete that I was like, I came into Terry and Cal, like an athlete, like I was, I'm very athletic. Like I had just made an Olympic team. Like I medaled, I was on the relays. Like I, I was a good athlete already, but Terry has taught me. And she, the reason why everyone who knows Terry loves Terry is Terry cares about you as a person more than an athlete, like person first athlete second obviously athlete is very important she wants terry's also very strong willed and wants to win and do all of these things which is why she's an amazing coach but she's person first athlete second and that's always going to be her philosophy and she just teaches you how to like do that and be comfortable with that and how to grow and like you're going through a really hard time in college you're going through a really transitional period in your life and she like helps you along with that. You know, she understands the boy problems. She understands, you know, the eating problems. Sometimes in the dining hall, you just want a little bit too much ice cream. Terry understands like when to crack down, when to let you live your life and how to help you grow as a person. And that's where you really connect with her and like create that relationship. And she knows like in those moments, the right things to say, how to calm you down. Like, it's like, she's like a comfort. It's like having your mom there almost. It's like, I need you. I like, I was immediately like, I need Terry. I need Terry. Like I need, I need her here. And so definitely an amazing woman, a strong, like female empowered leader. And, and just like an, yeah, a complete legend. And just someone that I would trust with my swimming until like I'm done swimming, you know, it's just, she, she could tell you probably at any moment when I'm in practice, what's going on in my head. Like she could probably be like, I know exactly what you're thinking right now. Just knock it off. And she, she'll tell me, she'll be like, stop it. Get out of your head. And I'm like, <laughs> why away. do you know this? I'm like, go away. Like, leave me alone. Me. Yeah. <laughs> leave me alone. Um, no, but it's just our, we, like I, like I said, I keep saying it. I, I struggle with describing it just because um I literally love Terry so much but um yeah we've just created a such a good friendship and coach athlete relationship that um it's it's kind of hard to explain Terry sometimes when you don't know her but when you meet her and you get to know her she's like the best (laughs) so yeah that's that's Terry in a nutshell small nutshell that I can try and describe (laughs) you did it perfectly you did that's that's as good as you can do Basil, should we uh, should we do some social kick? I would love to do some social kick. So, Abby, okay. social kick social kick is uh, where our little segment where we okay. post on Instagram uh, soliciting questions for you from oh, okay. readers and listeners. Um, so we'll just kick. So yeah, we're just gonna kick. Yeah, fins yeah, obviously. With our fins so, on. Yeah, with our fins we've got, on. We've got you fins gotta on. have fins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. fins on. I'm going to need a mono fin to keep up with both of you. Uh, so I, I'm actually going to crash. I'm going to crash the first one. All right. So this is actually a question for me. So you did seven relay swings, right? At short course worlds recently. And your reaction yes. times just blew me away. So what do you think? Oh, the range, No, what do you think? They were so consistent. What do you think the range of your reaction times was? 
the range um okay i'm gonna start off by saying they were slowly consistent my normal relay start is way faster but anyways i think my range was probably 0.02 so you were uh it wasn't quite that quite that narrow you were the fastest (laughs) one was the fastest one was 0.25 and the slowest one was 0.35 so you did seven relay reactions all within you know, a one-tenth of a second. That's really <laughs> unbelievable. I thought it was a little better than that. <laughs> oh, okay. wow. But I, the okay. consistency. Yeah, the consistency. Is 10 out of 10. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Man, I thought that was not really good. So <laughs> it is not 0.02. It is not 0.02. Okay, guys. That's okay. We'll get there. Okay. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's right. only 2022, yeah. right? <laughs> wow, man, you're hard, way harder on yourself than I am. I thought that was really good. <laughs> Okay. So the first one from actual Instagrammers from Violet R and Stevie T. What is your favorite meet or pool to swim at? Um, okay. So I have like my heart. Um, one of my favorite pools is the Texas pool because I've just had so many good swims there and I've broken an American record there. I've broken two American records there, maybe. Um, I won my first NCAA title there at 2019 MCs were there. And that was the best meet ever. Um, I've injured my elbow at that pool. You know, I just have so many, I used to go to club meets at that pool. Um, so I just have that, that pool is in my heart and it's honestly just one of the fastest pools in the country. So, um, you pull both bulkheads out and that thing is, um, but that is one of my favorite pools ever. And I have to say one of my favorite meets is, um, NCAAs. And also I love hate Olympic trials. There's a love hate relationship, but honestly, it's, there's just nothing like it. I think it's the crowd and the hype. Like it's obviously one of the most nervous, nerve wracking races or meets you'll ever go to and stressful meets, honestly, but there's nothing like the crowd, the whole stadium, all your friends and family, all your friends family, family, like, you know, everyone there. And I think that's just like super awesome. I thrive off the atmosphere like that. And I think like, I love it. So those are probably my two answers. <laughs> Good answers. Okay. So this next one is from too many people to list. Uh, what was the hardest <laughs> set you've ever done? Oh my gosh. Okay. This question I'm going to have to, okay. So there's a different types of hard. I'm going to answer this quick, quick as I can. There's two different types of hard. There's the type of hard where I'm doing a hundred freestyle set or a 50 freestyle set. And it's like, this is hard because I'm good at it. And I'm trying to hit exact times. And like, my heart rate is so high for so long. And like my lactic acid kind of deal. And then there's the hard where it's like, I'm doing a four am practice and I want to cry because it's so hard and I just not good at it. So there's two different types of hard. I have an answer for the, I am one. And it's just something that we have done a few times at Cal and I've cried every time um, just because I'm not good at it. It's long course, 3 a.m. And it's just like 50s fly on 50 into like a one free, 150 like into like a 150 free and then like 50s backstroke on 50 into like the 150 I am into a 150 free and it just keeps going and, and going and going and going and going and your girl just doesn't thrive off doing a long course butterfly, first of all. I like... There is one moment where assistant coach here at Cal and um, her first year here, one of her first practices was watching me do a four free I am. And she literally, there's a story of her leaning over to Terry and going, 
is she okay? <laughs> Terry goes, <laughs> and I'm like over there dolphin diving. <laughs> Abby's put on the monofin. She's like, I'm done. <laughs> and Terry's like, just let her go. Just let her. <laughs> She'll figure it just out. Just let her be. Just let her be. She just needs to get through fly. <laughs> oh like, my God. So that's honestly, that's probably the hardest thing because mentally I don't want to do it. Physically, I'm not good at it. Physically, sometimes when I'm like, it's like kind of the beginning of the season when I'm a little out of shape and I'm like, physically, can I do this? We don't know. Um, and so we those are know. probably I know. the hardest sets that I have to do. Short answer to the other ones is... Um, Honestly, like ripping back end 100 freestyles long course, just like one after the other after the other, like trying to hit a 26 high constantly is almost impossible. And for me, at least, and those sets just get to me. Any underwater set, I want to cry because hypoxic gets to me. Like I get very anxious. So yeah, sorry, but those are my answers. <laughs> those are good answers. A lot of tears. <laughs> a lot of tears, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, but That's then there's right. a lot, most most of the practices I'm having a ball, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Sammy D asks, how do you still have a good practice when you're dealing with outside of swimming stress? That's a great question. Um, so especially when I was in school, um, Terry, one of the things Terry teaches Cal women swimming is very something that I'm going to use the rest of my life. And it really helps me. And it helped me through college was learning how to compartmentalize like your life in like little boxes and um like our swim box our school box our social life box and whatever box you kind of want to put into your philosophy of life and what happened was when you're in your be in each box so like when you're in swimming be in your swim box like you know you can't think about like what paper you have to write what test you have to write what next practice is going to be you know um something that's happening at home like you're there so you might as well be there you know like put in what you can there because you can't be controlling anything like when you're there you know you can't be on your phone texting or dealing with whatever you're doing so you might as well like be in your box enjoy what you can even you know everyone has bad days and if you're having a bad day you know tell your coach tell a friend sometimes just saying it out loud and being like I'm really struggling today like I'm going to do my best, you know, just saying that out loud and know, like letting someone know that there's not like, shouldn't be like a huge expectation that day, maybe because everyone needs those days. Um, so I think just like doing that. And then when you're doing your school box, you know, don't think about the practice you have to do the next day, you know, like, and then when you're t take time for your social life box, like leave swimming, leave school out of it, you know, just be you and be with your friends. You know, I think like thinking of your life in boxes is something that Terry taught us and it's really helped me. Great answer. All right. Last one. This one is from Isabel S. Okay. How much does Abby miss Cal women's swimming, especially Isabel Staden? Staden! <laughs> <laughs> I miss, okay. I'm going to kill her. Um, no, I love <laughs> <Staden>. <laughs> we love Isabel. I love Staddy. She's okay. the best. Um, yeah. Her name is not Isabel. Her name is Staden. I've told people <laughs> at short course world, people were like, Isabel and I'm like who is that like I don't know Isabel. her name is Staden um yes. everyone at, everyone called her at Cal Stads or Staden or Staddy or whatever but anyways Staden to answer your question um I literally 
miss Calvin swimming so much. Luckily I'm still training with them and I get to be around them and Terry and just like the atmosphere, like the excitement of swimming and stuff like that. But it's, and it's just so different not being on the team. And it, I didn't realize that it was going to be so different until I was there. And it, sometimes it sucks. It's a little lonely, you know, like, obviously I'm still with people. It's just like, I'm not fully a part of it. No matter how much they're like, they're very like, Oh, you're you, like, you still make an impact here. Like you're still here. Like you, you make an, you're influential, like, thank you. But it's just not the same, you know? And so I really like, as cheesy as it sounds when everyone's like, enjoy it. Like it's going to fly by. Like literally I wish I was still on the team. Like I miss it. And I miss like being like shooting for NCAAs and like having like, you know, dual meets were always so fun. And so I really miss it. And like being a part of the team and like cranking out together, having a common goal, you know? And I think that it's definitely super, super different when you show up to practice and you're kind of like there for yourself. Like you're there, you have to, you know, you're the one deciding if you're going to put in the effort today. You're not like, oh, I'm putting in the effort for you right here next to me. It's like, you're the one deciding to show up to practice. Like I'm not, like, Terry's not going to yell at me if I'm like, hey, I'm not coming to practice today. She's going to be like, okay. Whereas if you're on the team, she's going to be like, yes, you are. What are you doing? <laughs> now you're actually kicked off the team. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's definitely like, just very, like you're accountable for yourself, you know? Um, and it's just super different. And I think that I really do miss being on Cal women swimming, you know, it's, it's not the same, but I'm very, very grateful that I still get to train with them and, you know, be around people that were in, I was in their shoes at one point and I like get it, you know, and I can help out in any way I can. Um, so yeah, Staten, I miss you. Even though I see you, I saw you this morning. So <laughs> <laughs> they always miss you. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Hold on, Abby. I want to ask you one quick last question. Barbini, I know I'm going off script and I'm sorry, but I love it. when athletes kind of have a, you know, more layers than just being an athlete. And we all do, but you are incredible at refurbishing furniture and DIY I want to like, I want you to brag on yourself and like, you have your own Instagram page. Like I follow it. I get tips oh, from it. I haven't posted you... on it in so long. I know. I know you haven't. And sorry. I've been waiting for my tips. So I'm can sorry. you kind of just like, it's okay. It's okay. No pressure, but, but get going. Can you like <laughs> talk, <laughs> no pressure, but start. Um, can you talk about kind of how you came into that and how that probably, if I'm assuming correctly, helps you balance out swimming when swimming might be too much or it's not going great. So I do a lot of random things outside of the pool, especially now. So I got into refurbishing in during COVID actually, um, as people got into many things during COVID, but I got into refurbishing when, you know, I was kind of doing one a days and had the time and, you know, um, maybe needed a little extra money here and there, but I got like into it and I like loved it. It was so cool. Um, you know, finding things on marketplace, you know, bringing it in fixing it up, even if it was just a quick paint and reselling it. And I've like, I haven't done it in a super long time due to like taper trials, Olympics being gone for six months. And now I'm back home. So I, I'm trying You've been to kind of busy. That. I've been a little busy, but I do have my TV stands. Um, I really need to do so I will get there. I promise I'll post. Um, <laughs> Perfect. I'll be waiting patiently. <laughs> okay. 
but I've gotten into a lot of different things, honestly, like right now I'm fostering a dog. Um, I have a dog of my own, but I'm fostering a dog. Um, the shelters are overflowing. So I've gotten into like, I'm, I'm busy with her and, um, you know, I, I have done a lot of things. Like I've made this, this art behind me. Like I love making things like for my house. And, um, I think like, it just helps me not think about swimming 24 seven. And I think like having a life outside of swimming and being in touch with that life outside of swimming really is what makes me successful because, and I really figured that out these last six months when I was constantly gone and all I was doing was swimming. And as much as I enjoyed it and was meeting new people. And I was like, I am not in touch with my life outside of swimming right now. And it's driving me nuts. Like I was like, I think just like doing something other than swimming is really important to me, even if it is just something small. Um, and I I'll do different things, you know, um, I've been running around, walking around town, just enjoying being home. But, you know, I started, I took over like my mom's candle Instagram page because she was like, can you help me? And I was like, sure. So like, I do that. I do art. I do furnishing furniture. I take care of dogs apparently (laughs) I've done it all and I love it all and I I like have like a little bit of an ADHD brain where I'm like all over the map over here I can't really finish a project sometimes but um it keeps me sane as insane as it makes me um I just do so many different things and I just love the creative aspect I love being creative and I think um that's what I want to do with my life is do something creative and I'm currently actually hello um currently in the process of looking to buy a property in um somewhere outside of california i'm looking in montana right now um but to make it a rental and to create a space like a really creative space um to rent out and to you know airbnb and like have that there where i can put my furniture in and design the house slowly and do this and like have you know, a source of income, but also like have a space where I can share it and be like, yes, please go stay there. Like here, like make it like a luxury little space that people will want to go, you know, stay at. And I think that's like, kind of, I see myself going in that direction um, now and after swimming is definitely have to do something creative um, throughout my life, whatever that is. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely an outlet for me and I love it. And I encourage people, even if you're not good at art to do art, because it's honestly really therapeutic and it's easier than you think. Um, and you can learn. And so I like randomly pick projects and I have no idea how to do. And I like learn, like, I didn't know how to refurbish furniture. I still don't know a lot of things, but I watch a lot of videos and, um, I learn as I go and I've made a lot of mistakes. There are some really ugly projects that have come out of the works and, (laughs) They are not posted on the Instagram, but I've learned through those projects. And so um, it's really fun. And like I said, it, it, it keeps me sane and the swimming can drive you insane, um, especially if you're just, you know, gnawing on it all the time. So definitely taking a step back um, is what I love to do. Abby, thank you so much for the time, the insight. We really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Good Thank luck you. with the rest of the season and we'll see you at a pool soon, I hope. Yes, I know. I hope. I hope I get to go to the, the next pro series. Whatever the next one is, I'll be there. <laughs> Des Moines in March, man. Des Moines, I know. Oh yeah, yeah baby. We're... Here we go. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, thank... we'll be there. Great. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Bye, Abby. Thank you. Thanks again to Abby Weitzel for joining us today. That was an awesome conversation. Basil, that that couldn't have gone any better. I I thought that was so much fun. And and that's Abby. You know, she 
she just knows what she likes. She knows who she is as a person. She's very self-aware. And like, even for just 25 years old, she is so wise and well beyond her years. And, and one takeaway that I really took that I'm going to now apply to my life, thanks to her and Terry, is compartmentalizing, you know, your boxes of life. Because at times, you know, swimming would pour over into social life or social life would pour over into school. And it's natural for that to happen. And I think just really honing in on the idea of living in the moment and the present and taking care and controlling what you can control at that time. I'm sure that's something that is probably attributed to Abby's longevity and consecutive national team trips year after year after year. And I mean, like she said, Barbini, it like for me, it's one thing to make a national team for X amount of years in a row in the 4am. It's, it's not a race determined by one, 100th, 100th of a second for her, every single final she's getting up for it could go her way or it couldn't like that so easily. So I just have so much respect for all sprinters and the anxiety and the stress and the pressure that comes with that. And so, you know, for her to just be so grounded and confident and humble all at the same time, she's, she's really is a treasure here at USA Swimming. We're, we're happy yeah. to have her. I, I love the, I love the, the box and the carpet compartmentalizing idea, but I also loved how important it is to her to be engaged with things outside the pool. I think that's just such an important lesson for everybody is just like living in one lane, you know, not to use a cliche, but like living in one lane is, is maybe not the way to go and probably isn't even good for the focus that you put on that one thing. Like having external things that you're interested in is so important. I just love how engaged she is in that and how curious she is about it. Um, and I definitely think that helps you have a career like she has where you're consistent year after year, if you're not singularly focused on this one thing forever, but you do have things that outside the pool that, that entertain you and that help keep you grounded and that help keep you moving forward. So I, that's such an impressive thing. And I hope a lot of people will, will take that and, uh, and apply it to their own, their own careers. Yeah. And I think every national team, every athlete period has that. And for those of you guys listening that want to know more about Abby or us national team members, feel free to head over to usaswimming.org and click meet the team at the top. And you can do your like nerdy swim stuff and look up their times or maybe find something out about them outside of the pool, but just a great resource to have to meet you know, the people that are representing the United States on the highest stage here at USA Swimming. And while you're there, you can uh, swing over to usaswimming.org slash events. Uh, Abby mentioned this at the end. Um, our next event uh, will be the Des Moines Pro Swim Series from March 2 to 5. So all the information you'll need for that competition is also on our website. Basil, a pleasure as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next month. Barbini, I'll see you soon. Thanks. Appreciate you. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to KickSet with USA Swimming. Head to usaswimming.org for more episodes and make sure you subscribe to KickSet wherever you get your podcasts.